So today I have the honor and privilege of sharing the word of God with us today. And we've been studying about faith that works. I'm sure if I pick someone in this service to come and share what you've learned so far, I'm sure we will get one thing or two things to learn. I'm sure you've been learning about it. We talked about the faith of God, how we don't just follow what others do. We have the faith of God. We believe in God. We also talked about how faith is built by the word of God. We've also talked about, last week Pastor Andrew talked about faith and actions. So if the Lord inspires you to do something and you don't do it, then you won't get the results, right? We also talked, I believe the last time I preached, I also talked about faith and your confession, the things that you say with your lips and how it has the power to create. Today, I would just want to encourage us. The faith that works is the persistent faith. The faith that works is the persistent faith. The faith that works is also a persistent faith. And I will read my key text today is from Habakkuk chapter 2 from verse 2 to 4. It's quite a familiar passage, but I'd like to start with that. The persistent faith. And it's from Habakkuk chapter 2 from verse 2 to 4. And the Lord answered and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tablets, that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Amen. The reading of his word is blessed. So when we talk about persistence or persistence or um, a faith that is persistent, what does it really mean? I looked up the definition of persistence and it says continuing firmly in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. Continuing firmly in the course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. The key words there is continuing firmly. I guess everything there is key, but what stuck out to me was continuing firmly and in the face of difficulty or opposition. So when you talk about faith, or when you talk about receiving from God, if there wasn't, or you talk about even victory or winning, even something as simple as a game, if there was no opponent, would you say you have won the game? If there was not no one to beat, would you say you have won the game? No, because you probably just played and entertained yourself. But when you talk about winning, when you talk about possessing, when you talk about... Um, receiving something there's there's usually an opposition or a battle or something you are up against and so when we say we are victorious in Christ even when we talk about our freedom realize that it's not the reason the freedom we even celebrate in this country is not free in its sense in a sense it's not we're enjoying the freedom but some people are paying the price some people already paid the price so victory Winning, success, all of all those things, they typically do not come on the platter of gold. There's usually opposition. There's usually something resisting you from getting that thing. Otherwise, you wouldn't need faith. 
Otherwise, you won't need muscles. Otherwise, you won't need, you just need to walk through and then get all you need to get. But there is a place for persistence. There's a place where you need to build your faith and stand there till you see the salvation of the Lord. Other synonyms or other words you can use for persistence, they are dogged. You are insisting, you are insistent. You are patient. When I saw patient there, I normally you would think that patient is usually calm, quiet, easygoing. But I, I agree that the dictionary or whatever I looked up to get all the synonyms of persistent here is consistent with scripture. Because the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 6, 11 to 12, Hebrews chapter 6, 11 to 12, 12 it says, and we desire that each of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end that you do not become sluggish but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise so faith really doesn't work alone believing and receiving and confessing the word doesn't work alone it goes along it has a twin called patience but patience is not just standing and waiting by Patience is standing firmly. Patience is not being shaken. Patience is holding on. Patience is continuing. I wish to tell you that everything you believed for will happen in a moment. There are now miracles and they are until you're ready miracles. There are instant miracles, but there are also due season miracles. There are here you go miracles like the mercies of God. You don't pray for some things. You just receive them and you call them miracles and you testify. But there are also the violent take it by first miracles. And for the most part, I mean, I know we receive mercies of God every day. His tender mercies new to us every morning. But if you want to achieve something exceptional in life, you would usually go through something. You will usually have to go through opposition. I believe that life just has a way of putting hurdles in our ways. To, to let us know who is serious. To let us know who is serious. Are you coming to get it or not? Or are you just going to be defeated by this hurdle? Have you noticed that many people in the department, they are looking forward to getting promoted? And are you, do you realize that you are not the only one? <laughs> There's usually something to gun for so how do you decide how does your boss decide who is more ready than the other you have to prove yourself of course the favor of God is upon us hallelujah so even when we are not qualified we get some things but generally that's just an example that life is not just the bed of roses yes we are free yes we are victorious but usually when the Lord gives you a promise when he gives you a word he expects you to use that word as a tool for your battle he expects you to hold on to it. He expects you to fight. Amen? So we're talking about persistent faith. Why do we need to talk about persistence in these days? I need to hear about persistence because I think sometimes I've given up on goals or things in my life because I experienced one disappointment or the other. I'll tell you a story. One day I was playing Candy Crush. Who plays Candy Crush? Or who used to play Candy Crush? <laughs> Maybe that's the right question. I used to play Candy Crush. I still play it occasionally, you know, but I used to be so into it a couple of years ago. 
And you know how you don't get to the next level. I need to tell you, you failed. Try again. And then I will click try again. I'll keep. And the Holy Spirit was just like, if you focus on your goals the way you focus on this try again button. You know, because in fact, sometimes I had to kind of even resist some of the things the Candy Crush was saying. Because I'm like, how can a phone be telling me you failed? I'm like, that's very insulting. <laughs> I bought the phone. I downloaded the app. And I decided to play. And then, because I couldn't get to the next level, you told me I failed. What rubbish. But with all the insult, I will still click try again. I will still click try again. And I just want to ask you a question. Have you given up because you failed before? Have you given up because someone told you you failed and you are a failure? I want to tell you try again because that's not what God says about you. You need to have persistent faith to try again, try again, try again. So it's very, very important in this day and age, especially now. I was in school, we were reading about a video or we're talking about different strategies for different companies. And we're talking about, uh, we watched a video about Amazon and it was pretty much like a joke. But really what Amazon is trying to do is such that as soon as you click the button, you hear the doorbell ring, right? Because the delivery time is so short it has been reducing by the what I don't know but it's ridiculous how you place an order for something today and you get it today but they're they're even trying to shorten this time every time they're always they're shortening that time and I think sometimes it creates the mentality for us that we need to get everything we order for, we get it right away. In fact, sometimes when you don't get it, there are times I order something, I will just in my mind assume that they are like Amazon, and then I'm like, how come it hasn't come? <laughs> I just forgot to read that. Oh, they said three to five business days and after processing. <laughs> Not that they will send it in three, they'll just say between, and they will give you three of between three to five. Anyway, that aside, we're getting less and less. Um, we, we, our threshold for waiting is reducing in this day and age. Even children these days, you press things, you press the computer, you know, things respond. If you're, in fact, my daughter, as small as she is, she knows there was a phone that we weren't using anymore, and we pretty much okay, use it to play. She will put that aside and come for our phones because she, the response time was slower. The one we gave her, so. Even our children, everybody's, you know, we're like, now, 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 now. But how can we build this resilient faith? How can we come to the place where it doesn't matter, just like we said in our confession, doesn't matter what's happening around us. doesn't matter how long it takes. As long as it's still day, as long as my eyes are still open, my eyes are on the Lord. I will not be shaken. I will not be moved. So we need to talk about persistence. We need to talk about this power. And it's sad sometimes that... Um, it seems like unbelievers are a little bit more resilient than us. I say this because I think we lean too much. I mean, I, I don't want to say too much on God, but I think we are lazy in applying our faith. Similar to what Pastor Andrew mentioned last week, we don't take action on the things. If you hear the stories of some of the people we celebrate today, that are not even believers, if you hear how dogged they were about their belief, they just believed something. They failed before, but they continued because they had a dream in their heart that this must work. I must succeed. I, 
some people close their accounts right for a purpose so my question is what is in your heart what has God told you and are you holding on to that enough are you continuing remember the definition to continue in a pursuit despite the opposition or are you giving in or are you stopping so we need to talk about it today we as believers have an advantage in God we have an advantage in Christ but it's sad that a lot of us give up too soon another reason why we need to talk about persistence is because the Bible admonishes us to Jesus never said that we won't go through things he even said in this world you will have tribulations but he said be of good cheer because I have overcome so he gave us hope he gave us something to believe in and this scripture just reiterates what I mentioned earlier about when God gives you a word he wants you to take that word and use it as your tool as your hope as your anchor in first Timothy chapter 1 18 to 19 I'll read it from here from the NET version first Timothy 1 18 to 19 it says I put this charge before you Timothy my child in keeping with the prophecies once spoken about you so he had prophecies in order that in order that with in order that which encouragement you may fight the good fight to do this you must hold firmly to faith and a good conscience which some have rejected and so have shipwrecked in regard to the faith so he had faith he had prophecies he had things given to him and Paul uh, Paul was telling him to hold on to it and he should not be like some who suffered shipwreck because they didn't have faith and patience because they didn't hold on firmly to what they believed another example is the children of Israel when God told them that they will possess the land in Deuteronomy chapter 2 from verse 24 to 25 let's read that Deuteronomy chapter 2 24 to 25 so they were sojourning and God told them that they had a promised land it says rise take your journey and cross over the river Anon it says look I have given into your hand Sihon the Amorite king of Heshbon and his land and he said begin to possess it and engage him in battle so God said I had given you rise up I've given these kings into your hand but what do you need to do you need to take action rise up and begin to engage him in battle If we read Deuteronomy chapter 3, I'm not sure if you can find it, but you see that later when Moses was not able to cross over to the land, he, God set him on a mountain and he saw the land that he was going to possess, but because he didn't obey God, God told him he would enter the land. But then he came down from that mountain and he said, but command Joshua and strengthen him and encourage him. I believe it's verse maybe 28. Deuteronomy 3.28 it says but charge Joshua or command Joshua encourage him and strengthen him for he shall go over before these people so God had already given them the land so why was there need to encourage and command and strengthen him because he needed that to continue on the journey so when God gives you a word 
about your family, when it gives you a word about your prosperity, gives you a job about a word about your career, or whatever it is that you have received from him. Know that that is your anchor. Know that that is what you need to go with to battle. That, that's just the beginning. That's why we read in the, the earlier scripture about write the vision, make it plain. Because normally the vision does not speak at the beginning doesn't speak at the beginning you will have to go through time you have to go through process you have to grow you might told you you have the now miracles you have the immediately and suddenly but for the most part of it for the most part of life you deal with the process you deal with the process there will be resistance in this world that's another reason why we need to talk about perseverance. Well, that's, we need to, that's why we need to talk about persistency and a persistent faith. There's resistance in this world. There's the, we have battles in our minds. We have the enemy telling us things. We have people that the enemy uses to tell us things. And do you know that the devil is also persistent? He's very, very persistent. You know, when he, he talked to Jesus, he tried to tempt him. It wasn't enough that he, he tempted him once, he didn't get it. He said, tempted him second time, tempted him the third time. And if you read that scripture in Luke chapter 4 verse 13, he says, Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. He's coming again. So, we're in this world, as long as we're in this world, we have something to battle against. Maybe a small battle, maybe a big battle. But whatever it is, a battle is a battle. And we must always be ready. Right? So the devil is not tired. You can see him, the way he's attacking our children, attacking our homes. We can't just stand and be looking at him. No. We can't just be aloof. We can't just give up and throw in the towel. I must tell you, in this day and age, even as parents... I speak a lot about it because it's dear to my heart. Raising children in the fear of God. You just feel like, how is it possible that my children will live for Christ in this day and age? But then you, I set up the faith in me again. I, t- I tell God what he has told me about my children. I tell God what he has already revealed to me in his word. That my children will serve the Lord. I am the children that the Lord has given me. We are for signs, we are for wonders. It doesn't matter what day and age it is. They will be like Daniel. They will be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They will not bow to the devil. So the things that we see can be discouraging. But what do you do? You well up the faith on the inside of you. And you insist. You insist. You persist. You keep declaring it. And you have that in front of you. Remember, write the vision. Make it plain. You run with it. Don't be distracted. The Satan, Satan will try to distract you. The devil will try to distract you. He will give you alternatives. He will give you reasons why you should settle for less. Settle for another option. I was listening to a message the other day and the person was saying that really if you don't make up your mind about pursuing the promise of Isaac you end up with Ishmael. And eventually you have to deal with the results of Ishmael. Not every open door is an open door. Even the prison has a door. <laughs> right? So if you open, if you just, because the door is open and it looks fine, you 
end up having to deal with a bondage in your life. So let's be watchful. Let's hold on to what God has said. Let's not compromise. You know, I see people do this a lot of times in relationships, in marriages, right? You're trusting God for a godly home. And we ask, does this person fear God? Does this person know the Lord? Oh, yeah. He goes to church sometimes. It usually is the woman that is the, <laughs> is the culprit. You know? Because maybe time is ticking. And this guy looks good. Smells good. I was talking to someone the other day. Like, it was the smell that... Um, <laughs> the aroma <laughs> that just engulfed me. I'm like, hey, open your eyes. <laughs> if you need to smell coffee, you know how you go to watch um, buy a perfume and they'll give you different scents and then when you are confused they'll give you coffee beans to wipe away the smell you better go get some coffee beans and wake up what you are playing with is dangerous so wait for the Lord it may seem like an old school message but there is still something about waiting for the Lord trusting him depending on him holding him at his word so let's not give in to the distraction of the enemy. Let's not settle for Ishmael when God has an Isaac for us. And just to emphasize the importance of what is constantly before you. The other day, oh well, a couple of months now, some people have been sending my mom a letter just to entice her to apply for something and to get to get uh, so I told her I said mommy you don't need this I've been convincing her that you don't need this you know let's throw it so we've been tossing the mail but these people they don't they don't relent they'll keep sending keep sending sometimes I'll, when I see the mail I'll throw it away myself because I know it's the same thing they want to say right and we're not interested right but sometimes if my son go get, goes to get the mail he will give each person their own mail so they, was it a few days ago he gave my mom her own meal normally if I'm the one I'll just you know, handle it so he gave her her meal and she was like don't you think we should apply I'm like Bobby please don't let these people get you <laughs> that's the power of persistence if you are persistent you will run the devil out of his resistance that, like no I'm not I'm not I'm not going in for that I'm not giving up I'm not giving up Someone will ask, okay, what about what if you're praying for? It doesn't come today. We pick it up again tomorrow. As long as there's still a day, as long as I'm alive, I will still trust God. I won't say it's not working. I won't say this faith thing is not, it's not working. I've done all I need to do. I'll go to that in a minute. A lot of people give up on the edge of their breakthrough. I'll share a story of something I, I think I heard someone say it and I read it recently again about a young a, a swimmer. She was an England swimmer. She swam, she started to do this 26 mile, 26 mile long distance swimming without stopping. So she swam for maybe like 15 hours, and there were there were there was a team. All this, I believe it was maybe televised or recorded because according to the picture they painted, they had a team that they were warding off the sharks on the sea. So it was a dangerous, dangerous trip. So they were warding off sharks from the sea, making sure she was safe. So when she got about 15 hours, she was tired and she said she can't continue anymore. Her mom was there on the, on the ship. 
and she said okay so she continued one more hour she continued after one hour she said she, and there was a very thick fog in front of her so she didn't even know how long it would take to get to the destination so she called it quits she told her mom I can't do it any longer so they brought her on top of the, the, the ship but because she was elevated she could now see what was ahead of her and guess what she had just one mile to complete the journey I'm sure it was a sad moment for her because of like all those 15 hours of you know all the danger just because I didn't see and that's why I started with Habakkuk 2 to write the vision make it plain why do you think that Abraham God had to show Abraham the stars in the sky why do you think he had to tell him count the number of sand on the seashore he wanted to give him an image something he needed to look toward so that whenever he faced that the markets because remember if for Abraham and Sarah God changed told them to change their names right father of nations and so it, it must have been mocking for them to be calling themselves those things but God gave him an image he said can you count the stars can you count the number of grain of sand on this? He could not. So, but he saw it and he believed that that was the word of God. And he held on to it. He fell, but he got back up again. So this lady, her name is Florence Chadwick. She didn't complete the journey. It was from California to Catalina Island. And just because of the heavy fog she gave up one mile to the victory to the end have you heard of 7-Up the fizzy drink do you know that 7-Up was because it was 6 down do you know that he tried many times he didn't succeed but 7-Up was the one so you can see that it works in different areas of your life The Bible says that we should not be weary while doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not lose heart. As you serve the Lord, as you honor him. As you invest into the kingdom, your time, your talent, your money, your sweat, everything. The ones that pastor sees, the one that the pastor does not see. Know that it is unto God. And you will receive your reward in the name of Jesus. So how do you maintain that persistence? How do you maintain it? maintain a humble heart to learn you know some people as pastors we have the privilege of talking to some people through situations and a lot of times you hear things like I've tried that, I've tried that, I've tried that even before you say anything they have already come up with a conclusion, I've done that already and at that point we're like okay let's pray <laughs> because if you, if you don't have a heart to learn that okay I can try this, I can try this differently you, you will end up giving up because you feel like there's nothing more I can do. There's no, I've tried it all. But if you maintain that attitude of God can help me. He can show me a way. Maybe there's something I don't know. I can know it. And I can get the victory that I've been trusting him for. Maintain an attitude of trust to him. First of all, believe that he's good. And he's God. And he's forever faithful. He's not going to change his integrity just because of you. He's faithful. So I'm the one that has to constantly depend on him and trust him. 
and realize that if something is not working the way I desire, perhaps my desire is wrong or perhaps my method is wrong and come before him with a humble heart. God is more interested in who we are becoming than the things that we possess. Sometimes in that journey of getting our desire, the Lord wings us off of our desires. He, he changes our hearts that we are more aligned with what he wants. Sometimes it makes our muscles stronger. You know, when you, when, you, when you go against something, even with those who work out, right, to build your muscles, you need to have, add resistance to it and keep on with it and keep building that muscle. When you encounter resistance, it builds your muscle, it builds your faith. And this is very, very important because the Bible says in Galatians chapter 4 verse 1 to 2, it says that now a heir, as long as he remains a child, he does not differ from a slave. Imagine an empire, a, child, a king who has a prince. The child can't sit on the throne yet. The child cannot get those possessions. As long as he remains a child, he will continue to be like he's a slave, even though he's not a slave. He says, he does not differ from a slave, though he is master of all, but is under guidance and stewards until the time appointed by his father. So there's a process for growth. In the time that you're waiting, make sure you're growing. In the time that you're waiting, make sure that your faith is increasing by daily word, daily prayer, trusting him. In fact, you do not, you do not um, prepare for battle on the day of battle. You don't. You, prep, you prepare for battle before battle begins. You don't know when the challenge might come. You don't know what tomorrow. Of course, we have our victory in God, but you, you store up deposits of the word of prayer in your life. So that it's at that point when, you, when, you're, when the devil comes against you, when oppositions come against you, you're able to pull out of your arsenal and say, hey, I got this already. It will well up from the inside of you. Sometimes you don't even know what to do. Sometimes you are depressed. Sometimes it seems like everything is coming down. But the Holy Spirit will minister his word through you out of what you have already deposited. So don't be lazy about depositing the word of God in your life. Don't be lazy about praying. You prepare for the bridegroom before he appears. Remember the, the virgins, some were foolish, some were wise. You prepare before. Also, choose your company. I'm reminded of the story of the, of the man who was lame. Jesus was teaching. The place was packed full. People couldn't come in through the doors. But there was this man that had four friends. They came through the roof to Jesus. Now sometimes you are weak in your faith, you are discouraged. But when you have the right company, the people that speak over you, your pastors, your church community, your friends, your godly friends, they'll be able to pick you up and tell you, okay, I've gone through this before. Or it doesn't matter if I haven't gone through this before. Let's pray through this together. So who is with you? I know that sometimes it may seem lonely, especially with the you know, pandemic and everything, but we have to be intentional about building our communities and having people around us because God never designed for us to be alone and to walk life alone. And you too, if you are really in that strong place, 
Don't be stingy with your encouragement. Encourage someone, right? You just never know what that word of encouragement might do to take that person over the battle that they're facing. Over the battle that they're facing. So my encouragement to us today is don't abandon your community. In that place of waiting, have the right community. Last thing I will say is keep your eyes on the prize. Again, keep your eyes on the prize. Again, with that Hebrews chapter, um, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse, verse 2 to 4. The Bible also says in Hebrews 12, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured, he endured the shame. And now he sat down at the right hand of God. When I think about the scripture, I think about two things. The fact that we look unto Jesus because he's the author and the finisher. So the thing that he started in your life, he will complete it. Amen. But looking unto him for his example, the example that he was. Not only that he's able, but he also exemplified it in the life that he lived. When it was hard, he looked, he, he looked at what was before him. When he was dying on that cross, when his friends, of course I said friends are important, right? But when his disciples and friends deserted him, what did he do? He did not forget. He looked at what was ahead of him. So I want you to tell your neighbor, look ahead. Look ahead. Do not give up. Do not throw in the towel. So continuing with Florence Chadwick's story, I want to end with this. The good thing I read is that it didn't end there. When she saw that experience, the next time she went on the journey, she continued to the end. And she did it twice. She did it twice again because she couldn't take that image off her head that one more mile. Just an extra mile. Just that one more mile. Just trying again. Just not giving up. I don't want to sit on that fence or on the boat again and see that I could have only just did one more minute or just one more second to get to my goal just because there was a heavy fog in front of me. So don't let the enemy discourage you by the, by the disappointments and the things that are ahead of you that you can't even see what is ahead. I want you to look ahead. Look on the word of God. Look on his promises. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for your word that has come to us today. Lord, I receive grace for everyone. I saw this when I was preparing for this and I feel in my heart that there might be some people who are at, the, at their wit's end. They don't know where to go or how to, what way to turn. They feel discouraged. This is not to embarrass anybody but if I could have a few of our pastors come forward um, as we end the service um, if you just need they're not going to tell you. You don't have to tell them what exactly it is you're trusting God for. But if you feel like I'm tired I felt that sometimes. I'm tired. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to go about this. They're just going to pray with you. Just like God told Moses in that Deuteronomy chapter 3 verse 28. He says, tell them, command them to go, but strengthen and encourage them. I don't know if anybody needs encouragement. You just need someone to hold your hand and pray with you. I'll give a moment for that.